You're listening to Alana Fitzgerald's Because I Can podcast. Hope you enjoy. Well, a big howdy to everyone out there in podcast land. Thank you for joining me on Alana's Because I Can podcast. I've got a super special guest tonight, today, wherever you are in the world. And I know I say that every time, but I really, really have a super special guest. This is a good friend of mine, Mike V. And most importantly, or not most importantly, but very importantly, and you're from Tamworth, where I'm from. Yeehaw! How you going, Mike? Ah, fantastic, Alana. How are you today? Bloody good. Did you? Or uh, tonight, or whenever it is. <laughs> yeah, tonight here might be today over in America or wherever. But anyway, you're from Tamworth. Now, are you going to say, "Well, I wasn't actually born there"? I don't know that. Were you? No, I was actually um, born at Hornsby. Damn it! You've ruined my Tamworth story. I'm going to. Oh, look, I'm, I'm a local. I've been here for over forty years. So. Okay, you're a local. That's good. Yeah. Good old mm-hmm. Tamworth. Now you're yeah. a, a super special singer, and you've got Mike V Management and, and Superstar Kids, and like we're going to get into all of that, the wonderful juicy gossip that you're going to tell us, hopefully. But let's start at the beginning. Now, did you always want to be a singer? Um, my singing career started with my father, who sang in our uh, band, uh, and uh, he. He was the first rock and roll band to go on the Johnny O'Keefe show. Fed Dinkum. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, he had a band in Sydney that uh, played, like, everywhere, and they were called the Ding Dongers. How funny is that? <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say then, the Ding Dongers. Yeah, and uh, he he, uh, he brought John Rolls out from uh, from <gasps> New Zealand. And Did he? John played, yeah, and uh, John John's basically my godfather, so... You're bloody joking. Yeah. I know John well. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, my dad, my dad's name's Tricky. Yeah. Tricky, Tricky Delano. That was his stage name. And, Tri- uh, yeah, Tricky, what John, was the last part? I know. Huh? Yeah, Tricky Delano. Delano Tricky Delano, Rodeo. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, like John's, the, the, John's his best mate, so they go back a long way. Yeah. That's bloody and, amazing. And uh, that's how I kind of got into the singing because uh, they used to rehearse at the house all the time. And it's quite funny because uh, I can listen to a song on the radio that, you know, someone will play a song from the 60s and somehow, for some unknown reason I know the words. It's just uh, freaky. I was, I was just hanging around with my dad and, yep. and uh, having musicians and band members rehearse there all the time and, you know, going to shows when I was, you know, five and six. Oh, I so, love it. No wonder yeah. you got into music, and no wonder you can remember the words. It would have just sunk into you because your brain, because you were hearing them all the time. Yeah, exactly, and uh, that's sort of where it all started from, really. Yeah. And so was that that was in Hornsby in Sydney before you moved to Tamworth? No, that was. Uh, I was born in Hornsby, but I lived in Sydney most of my life, um, and then I moved up to Newcastle when I was about twelve or thirteen, mm. and. Uh, um, then started hanging around with a few mates of mine, and we we decided to put a band together. And we used to, you know, jam every every chance we possibly could. And I uh, I started playing bass guitar, and oh. that's how I kind of got into into music because we had a one of my mates was a guitarist, the other one was a, a drummer, mm. and uh, we needed a bass player. And they said, Nick, <laughs> they used to call me Nick in those days. Oh well, it's Mike or Michael, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I picked up the bass guitar and got some lessons and we, we just jammed and jammed and jammed. And, yep. Uh, that was kind of my first little, you know, garage band yeah, type right. of thing. And were you the lead singer then? No. Oh. I wasn't. No, I okay. didn't really sing much then. Okay. But I, um, I, played in, uh, I played in a band called Rat Salad. Which were a blues, a blues band. Mm, great names. Um, yeah, and I was, I think I was seventeen or eighteen, and the other guys in the band were all like twenty three and twenty four. Yeah, right. They introduced me to alcohol. Oh, right. I hear you. <laughs> and so they they'd go and drink four beers, and I'd have two, and I'd be, you know, legless, incoherent. <laughs> so I. Um, Two beers, jeez. Yeah, 
they uh, they got offered a Bo Diddley tour. Oh wow! Yep. And uh, I basically got kicked out of the band because I oh. couldn't handle alcohol. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, sorry. I'm sure it was very traumatic. <laughs> oh, a- not really. It was kind of. It wasn't really the music I was into. Yep. Um. So it was. It was a good learning experience. I had been in a band playing with older guys and stuff like that. So it was. You know, it was, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. So because um, I've never heard that before. So because you couldn't handle the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got kicked out. You've got well, to, you want the you want the truth here, don't you? Yes, definitely. I'm so sorry for laughing. It's not too soon yet, is it? Like you're you're right now with it. You'd, so, you'd have a handle on alcohol now, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I don't. I hardly ever drink. Oh yeah, I'd have two beers and that'd be about me. The same. Cool. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't changed. Yeah. Uh, and then I um I used to do a couple of songs in the band and in in that particular band because I wasn't the lead singer. I was just the bass player and did some back and vocals and. Everyone used to come up to me and go, oh, you should sing more. You know, you've got a great voice and, mm. you know, this kind of stuff. So I um, I joined a band called Barracuda. Oh, yeah. And uh, it featured a couple of guys that um, that Danny Jackson is a legend guitar player. He's a freak on guitar. And I, I did that for quite a few years. And then that band dissolved um, because we – we got offered a deal. We were doing supports for another band in Newcastle called the Heroes, and they they got signed to Albert in Sydney. And mm. we did a we did a support with them in uh, at the Civic Hotel in Sydney. And uh, the tour manager for ACDC, who was involved with with Albert, uh, come up to us after the show and and um, invited us down to Albert to record some original songs. Yeah, excellent. And uh, that was. That was a, an amazing experience. Uh, that was the first time I realised that um, playing music was a professional yep. kind of thing. Uh, and you can do it for a living. Yeah, walking into Albert Studios and seeing gold records of ACDC and oh. and uh, John Paul Young and the Angels and yep. all that kind of stuff was a really eye-opener yep. for me. So is that when you went, I can do this and as a career? Um. Kind of thing, yeah. Had you, and, were you working doing anything else before, like oh, uh, lawns yeah. or anything? Well, I, you actually say that. I actually had, my, oh, I had a lawn mowing business because oh. that kept me built. Oh, I'm was, psychic. You know, that money. Yeah, I know. Well, you told me that. <laughs> I said psycho, so, but anyway. We, um, oh. we, we, uh, we, once again, it's, you know, you get to a certain stage with a band where you find, and that was basically a, a cover band with original songs that we were quite a hard rock. We were doing songs like Red Zeppelin and mm. ACDC and, you know, we were kind of a an anomaly in Newcastle because it was slightly different every other act there at the time. And, and in 1981, we uh, actually won the Star Maker, uh, not the Star Maker, we, we actually won the uh, Star Music Awards. We beat every band in, in Newcastle. We were oh, voted wow. number one band. Yep. Awesome. Um I'm glad you said that word before too, and not me. Then nominally, nominally. I know it's one, isn't it? <laughs> That's good so, on you. So um, from there, we, um, you know, the the band through financial situations and things like that, and, and discovering that we weren't really all on the same page, mm. uh, we uh, we disbanded, oh. and uh, I, I got into. Because in those days you made nothing. You know, money was playing in a band. You'd made, be lucky to make twenty bucks. You know. Oh, shit. Yep. Um, but some highlights were that. Uh, highlights of that were we uh, we got to, to to support every major act in Australia oh, because man. they all used to come and play at the Ambassador Hotel, which was like the live music venue of Newcastle. Yeah. Right. And oh, uh, that would have been awesome. Well, uh, it's amazing because the first band that I ever did a support for was Cold Jizzle. Oh, you're joking. No. What a great no. band, to, first band to support Cold Chisel. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And in those days, the deal was uh, you got paid like 200 bucks to do the support. Mm. and uh, they, But you had to load the, help them load the gear in and out. Oh, is that, <laughs> is that right? And in those days, those days, it was like you know, the old-fashioned big WW 18-inch bins and 
heavy as shit. Yes, I remember helping a friend that did sound, Brad actually, load things in and out and everything was so big and so heavy. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So here I am uh, backstage uh, after the gig um, drinking Jimmy Barnes' litre bottles of vodka and scotch. Oh, you would have been off your dial, wouldn't you? Oh, no, <laughs> Do me a screamer. Just, uh, it was it was fantastic. I was like I was in my order. I thought they were, you know, I, and I still think they're one of the best bands. Yes. In yep. And all of a sudden, I got a tap on the shoulder. And <gasps> I turned around. The guy goes, uh, "You in the sport bed?" I went, "Yeah." And he goes, "Cool, we'll get a load of the PA." Yet. So that sort of knocked me around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but from there, I uh, I, I worked with. Um, Basically every Australian man is on countdown, in excess, um, moving pitches, oh, um, the radiators, choir boys. All we were the like the band that was a little bit different in Newcastle. So because we played original music, <clears throat> we always used to pick up all the supports. And I that's had some great times. Yeah, I bet that is bloody awesome. So did you get to meet all of them, or oh, you just yeah. yeah yeah? No, we we. we I, I had a couple of drinks with Michael Hutchins. Besides a couple of drinks, we had some other things too. <laughs> we, but uh, when we did the support for NXS, I actually I, was, I got asked to, would I be interested in uh, in in playing with NXS? Kurt Pengelly came up to me after the show and said, "Oh, you know, would you be interested in in uh, trying out for art?" Oh my god! And, uh, it was a time when when one of the brothers was didn't want to go to England. Yeah, and uh, I basically I, I I wasn't really into their kind of music as well. That they, they no! were more. Um, oh my god! At the time, I was in a you know I was in a hard rock band. They they were like sequenced and they you know they experiment with different sounds and stuff. It was that that type of era. But it was my and so I, uh, <gasps> I, I I watched him perform, and I, Michael Hutchins was a cross between Mick Jagger and David Bowie. The way he moved on stage and mm, you know. Bit, yeah. like, and I, I basically said, oh, you know, mate, I'm, I'm pretty happy where I am, you know. I'm, oh, yeah, my God. I, that is the best story. You said no to – well, it is, kind of, but I'm, I'm having a slight heart fire, but you said no to being in the band in excess. Well, trying out for them anyway. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, 18 months later I was watching TV and up comes in excess playing at Wembley Stadium in front of 100,000 people. Oh, shit. And I said to my wife at the time, uh, I need that band that asked me to try out for it. Oh. <laughs> so, did yeah. you? Did you? How did you feel when you saw that? Oh, look, you know, we all we all choose our path. Yeah, well, that's right. You weren't. You obviously weren't meant to, but it's yeah, yeah weren't meant to. And, and you're the superstar anyway. So, my goodness me, that that is bloody yeah. brilliant. And that's showing you how good you are that they've asked you to try out for the band anyway. That in itself is amazing. That's that's a bloody pat on your back, eh? Hey? Uh, look, I just I think they must have been desperate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, look, that guy looks okay. He plays okay. Yeah, we'll chuck him in. <laughs> wow, that is what a bloody exciting, wonderful way for to, to be doing all of that. I love it. So, was there anyone that um, superstars that were, stands out that was really nice or really horrid? Or really um, fun? Yeah, look, uh, I, I met some really nice people. The only person I, I, I didn't really, I, I thought was a bit aloof was uh, Billy Thorpe. Oh, okay, yep. Um, but, you know, like, he had like six quad boxes on stage and they was going loud as hell. Mm. <laughs> and he never really, like, hung out with us, you know, like he was like, I suppose he was Billy Thorpe. Yep. But you know, everyone else, like, uh, you know, I remember standing, because we ended up supporting Cold Tears all heaps of times, and I remember standing on side stage in, uh, watching uh, Cold Tears play. In those days, I used to do, like, two sets, and I was watching side stage, and they had a break, and Ian Moss come off stage, and uh, he, he said, um, does it sound all right? Oh, <laughs> really? Cold Chisel asked me that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wow. You know, because oh, they were just amazing, you know. Yeah. So, 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 so inspirational to, to, 
you know, what you had to do, what you had to be. Mm. You know, they, but first time I actually seen them live was at the Arana Hotel in Newcastle, Belmont, and there was 100 people there. <gasps> oh. And they come out with, like, the start of the set with rock and roll. Yeah. That one, you know, and then they finished the set with Georgia. Oh. Um, but, you know, they just, they, they blew me away. Yep. Wow, I um, remember seeing them at the Workmen's Club in Tamworth. I wasn't old enough to even get into the club, but I was there. I was 15 or 16 yeah, or something. There. Yep. Yeah. And he, he, Jimmy Barnes was just swinging off the bottle of vodka on the sta- on stage and he was still bloody awesome, didn't miss anything. He still sang bloody unreal and he was blind. <laughs> uh, look, yeah. that's, that's not Jimmy now. No. No, that was a very long time ago. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, how exciting. So, yeah, so after all that era, um, the band split up, the idols split up. They were called the idols. I didn't tell you that. So mm. um, we, um, I, I got into doing uh, guest spot work. Into what? Into guest, doing guest spot. Oh, yeah. And doing, doing the club scene, singing John Denver and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, wow. It was, very uh, versatile. It was a... You know, I was young. I was married. I didn't have a lot of money. So in those days, you got paid really good money. Instead of making twenty five dollars a gig, I was getting two hundred. You know. Yep. And then I just uh, started playing acoustic guitar and started doing solo stuff. And I, I was working like five nights a week. And back in the eighties, I was you know I was taking home heaps of money. I was making heaps of money, and everything was good. Life yep. was good. But um, was that in Newcastle, or are you in Tamworth yeah. yet? No, that was in Newcastle. Oh, yep, yep. So. When I uh, I had an opportunity to, to start a newspaper in Tamworth. Oh, yeah. I I, I actually got into um, newspaper publishing and things like that in the in the uh, late seventies, um, early eighties. In between okay. being a, a superstar. Yeah, you're and, you're so uh, versatile. This is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I started a bold magazine, Lawn Bold. Believe it or not. <laughs> Did you? Oh, look, you are coming out with things that I'm so not expecting. A Lawn well, Bowls magazine. Oh, yeah. oh, this is priceless. Yeah. The, uh, a, a guy who managed me for a long time, Phil Marnie, he um, he worked for the Star newspaper in Castle and uh, we were just sitting around talking. He was very helpful in my music career because mm-hmm. um, he was the one that got me into doing guest spot work and he he came up with an idea of um, starting a lawn bowls magazine in Newcastle. There was only a, like a New South Wales district one, right. but, you know, New South Wales magazine, and um, Newcastle was the biggest participating sport in Newcastle was lawn bowls. There was like seventy four oh. bowls um, clubs. My God, I was going to say that's very random, but he's done his homework, righto? Yep, I'm with you. Yeah. And so. Um, I got into sales and we we um, we kicked off the magazine. It was called On the Green. Oh, that's, that's, that's what it could be. That is so clever. Me, I, I mean, I, I you know, I I ended up buying Phil out, and then uh, I ended up selling the the magazine itself. And surprising enough, it's still going today. Is it it's really? Still, yeah, it's still going to. And uh, is it still been, called On the Green? Yeah. Oh, and it's well. still going to all the clubs in Newcastle. Oh, look, that's legendary. Nearly, that's nearly 35, 37 years ago. It's still oh going. Oh, God. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I uh, I got approached about doing a newspaper, moving to Tamworth and uh, starting a, a, like a, a monthly magazine-type newspaper thing. Yeah. And uh, I decided to move the family to Tamworth and – Tamworth being the country music capital of Australia, and me being in the sorry random yeah, um, being being uh, involved with the kind of guest spot work and doing a bit more country, mm. I uh, I thought it was a good idea at the time. Absolutely. Well, it still must be a good idea because you're still there. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh. Big, big fish in a small pond, don't they say? Oh. Oh, well, it's still so, good old Tamworth, yeah. The, uh, the, the magazine went quite well until uh, a fellow that I was in partnership with decided to uh, run out on me, do a runner on me and left me with all the debt. Oh, shit. Mm. But at the time, I, I, uh, 
I uh, was selling all my advertising. Harvey Norman had just moved to Tamworth and I ended up selling like a four-page spread and the guy that was the manager at the time t- took a liking to me because he liked the way I sold stuff. So when the, mag- when the magazine dissolved, I um, got offered a job working with Harvey Norman. Oh. As, a sales, as a sales manager, I, I got offered uh, uh, franchises and things like that, but I, I actually met Jerry Harvey a few times, North Star. Yeah. My God. So I, uh, I, I kind of uh, was doing that and, you know, because I had, still had a love of music. Mm. Uh, there was one agent up here at the time, Axiom. Yeah. The they were the only ones up here. And I remember them. A good friend of mine uh, who's not with us anymore, Phil Moore, um, ran uh, work work for People magazine. Yeah, and uh, when I when we brought the album out, we, we we created a duo called the Two V's, and then we went to the the V's and we did an album. He was one of my sponsors of the album. He said, "Why don't you start an agency up? There's only one up here, mm. and you know you've got a love of music. Wouldn't you be, rather do that than do Harvey Norman?" And I had a good think about it, so I. I um I did that start of my own agency, which was of course called B Promotion. Yep, I remember all of this because I was there then. I, um, I remember the two V's too. So when did you start V Management, Mike V Management? Um, it's like uh, I'm going back a long way now. Hmm. Uh, probably eighty seven, eighty eight, about ninety. Yep, and it's still 90, going, 90. isn't it? You've still got that. Um, no, I've, I've oh. I actually sold that. Right. Well, I haven't done my homework. I thought you still had it. Don't you still do bookings and things for bands? Oh, I, I, I did something else. So uh, it, was, it was the year that I went on to Australia's Got Talent. Right. And what year was that? I was getting to that and you've got there first. So, yes. So, listeners, I keep forgetting the listeners are there. Um, Mike went on Australia's Got Talent and keep going. This is so exciting. I'm, ju- I'm, jumping, I'm, I'm jumping too fast. Oh. I, I, um, well, you're teasing me. See, now I wanted to tell them about the Australia's Got Talent. Okay, reel it back in then. Okay, well, the band, the V's, uh, we we, um, we brought the album out and had a great time and then we were doing a gig one night and uh, Peter McVie, who was my partner in crime, basically, uh, he uh, got glassed by a guy. Oh. And so he wanted to not play anymore and it was a shame because Peter's such a talented musician he's uh, you know I thought about it as well and that's terrible to me uh, you know I want to give it away and and so I did a bit of solo work and then I basically said to him well this is where I got into theatre he said to me he goes look I'm going to give this away but there's a show coming up and I think you should really try out for it mm. And I said, okay, what, what kind of show? He said, it's a theatre production. And uh, he said, it's called Les Mis, Les Miserables. And he said, you'd be really good at the lead role, <clears throat> which was Jean Valjean. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, my daughter, Amy, um, she was trying out for it. She said, here goes, Dad, try out for it. So I went along to the rehearsal and uh, the audition. Mind you, I went to drop Amy off first and, my audition was like later on in the afternoon. I said, oh, well, you're here. You know, do you want to do your part? And I was dressed in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt because I just made the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite prepared. No. Anyway, I, uh, I tried out for it and they, they asked me to sing a couple of songs and then they stopped me. I said, mm, can you sing this song? And I did, I did that. And I said, right, I will, we'll, we'll um, give you a call back if, you know, if we want you to come back. Yeah. So that afternoon I... Got a phone call and uh, they said, "Look, we, you know, we want to talk to you about it." And uh, I went down and seen them, and I said, "Oh, do you know much about this show?" And I went, I've got "No idea, never heard of it." Yeah, let's do it honest. Are you prepared to put a lot of work into this because the character that you you've applied for or tried out for is the actual? It's all about that person. Mm. And uh, me being me, I just went, "Yeah, no, no worries at all," you know. Yep. <laughs> and then. Uh, the producer was from Sydney in the in in the in the major production in Sydney. He uh, turned around and said to me, he "Goes, I can't believe you've never done theatre before. Your voice is amazing, and you should have been doing theatre twenty years ago." Oh wow! And uh, you could be a star in this. And we really want you to be a part of the show. I went, I was gobsmacked. You know, I was like, "Wow, really?" 
That's awesome. So we rehearsed that show for three months and we put it on in Tamworth and it was the biggest uh, audience um, gathering for, for Tamworth. 28% of people in Tamworth went and seen Lay Min. Oh, that's bloody brilliant. Yeah, I know. That's well, it doesn't awesome. Stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the producers of the Sydney show came up and uh, watched the show and at the end of the show they asked me, would I be interested in understudying the show at the Hill Centre in Sydney? Oh, wow. And uh, I was, yeah, what, really? <laughs> and they said, yeah. <laughs> so um, I finished our show and a week later I was in Sydney uh, going through all the scenes and everything like that for the main show in Sydney at the Hill Centre. And, that and is a, walked- that's a huge thing. That's a big show and you have to have such a big, strong Voice plus to remember everything as well. That is a bloody credit to you. And then uh, I went down to Sydney. I walked into the Hill Centre, which was a four-tiered, you know, fifteen hundred seater theatre, and that big revolving stage. It looked like I was back in the fifteen hundred. Mm. Um, so I rehearsed. I rehearsed all the parts and different scenes. We, you know, in case the guy got sick, and uh, I got a phone call on opening night at two o'clock in the afternoon. And they said, uh, "Look, please, um, uh, Crook, mate, can you come and?" <gasps> Do the opening show. Did you put laxatives in his drink? <laughs> no. Sorry. If you had laxatives in mine, I can tell you. <laughs> so Fair I, uh, dinkum the first night. That is bloody extraordinary. Yeah, keep going. So I uh, I basically wow. did the opening show and there was a 60-piece orchestra and there was about <gasps> 50 or 60 in the cast and at the end of the show they all God. formed a guard of honour and clapped me. All the way down, it was very, it was oh, very humble. Oh my god, amazing. that is! I so still remember special. it. I think it's a tear to my eye. Yes, I did it. So that was that was how I started with my theatre career. That is so special. What a bloody way to start! Yeah, <laughs> ta da! And I went on to, to Les Mis. I did after that. I did Jesus Christ Superstar. Did you? I played God. Yeah, <laughs> and then I did a, another show called uh, Secret Garden. You what? What was that part? I sent up when all English then. What was that? Oh, another show I did was Secret Garden. So I really got I, I got a bug for theatre. Yeah. And then I really wanted to get Peter back into into shows. And at the time in that in those days, uh, people were just starting to do tribute shows, like there was Beatles shows and mm. Abbott shows, and there was no one doing a John Farnham show because people used to come up to me and say, "Oh, did you know you sound like John Farnham?" And I go, "Okay, no worries." Yep. And so I approached uh, Peter and I said, mate, what about if we do this? We're going to move into clubs, we'll do ticketed shows and it'll be there'll be no drama, there'll be no idiots there, there'll be no drunks, there'll be no druggies there, yep. like in the pub scene. Yeah. And so we put the, put the show together and never looked back. So you've been doing the John Farnham tribute show for that long? Oh, yeah, easy. 20, wow. 30. Yeah. Fair dinkum. Yeah. I remember seeing a photo of you and you because you, you kind of morph into him. I, I um, um, For the listeners, I saw Mike perform a couple of weekends ago doing the John Farnham show. Freaking fabulous, awesome, bloody brilliant. But you kind of morph into him. And I remember seeing a photo from years ago you, and you had the mullet too, that, like that yeah. he had. Oh, hey. Jeez, you, you bloody even were morphing into looking like him. Fabulous. Fabulous singer he is, and and people don't realise how he's actually got quite a high voice, hasn't he, for a bloke? Oh, he's the, look, honestly, the best singer in the world. Yep. I'm just, what a I'm range. Just like, a little bit like him. Yeah, his range is amazing. Mm. I, I, mean, I wish I had his range, but I have it, but I can pull off most of the stuff he does because I really studied, I really studied uh, his voice, uh, mm. and I really, you know, you just pick up people's little tricks and, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I even went to the... The effort of uh, going and having lessons with uh, Lindsay Field, who was his backing vocalist. Wow. And uh, he said some really nice things to me. He said, I use my voice very similar to how John does. So yeah. that, was, that was very nice. He always said to me, he goes, look, uh, you can be an impersonator or you can be an impressionist. You know, if, if you're going to go and sing, you want people to walk away from the show saying that guy's a good singer. Not like he, yep. he sings exactly the same as John Fine, but. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities, which is which is you know really nice, and I just love the music. The music's amazing, and oh yeah, it's a challenge to to sing your shows, but to 
to um, to get people to come up to me after the show and, and, and say, you know, they really enjoyed it. And if you closed your eyes, you'd think it was gone. And I just, you know, it's really humble. And that's mm. what I wanted to that That's what the whole show was about. It was about giving people an opportunity to enjoy the music. And that, that's how I sell the show. It's, it's a tribute to the music of John. Yep. And, and, and uh, that, that's how I kind of. How I kind of got into it. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things, and I, I still enjoy it. I, the biggest highlight for me was was uh, getting a phone call one day uh, off a, an agent in Western Australia because when I did Australia's Got Talent, I ended up touring Australia with the show because I I just hired musos from each state, and then I just come down and rehearse with them and go and do shows. So it was it was the only way you could do it with you know it was cost effective. Mm. Doing the and John so Farnham I, show. Yeah. Yep. So I uh, got a phone call from uh, an, a lady in in, Mel, uh, in Western Australia. She said, oh, look, uh, I'm just interested in wanting to know if you wanted to do the reenactment Gallipoli cruise. Oh. This was 2015, mm. uh, which was a commemoration 100-year voyage. And we want you to do like six shows and at the end of four weeks you can either fly back from Rome or you can stay on and do the rest of the another two weeks with us. From Rome? Bloody yeah. sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, and, we'll, you know, they paid us really good money and everything was all everything was covered. You know, I could go on any tour I wanted to and, wow. you know, I just went, okay, who is this? Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. So and anyway, I, I got offered it, and they rang me up on Christmas Eve and said, uh, "It's all on. You're you're on the cruise." So oh it was uh, absolutely amazing experience. Um, there was Gail Braithwaite, uh, Ross Wilson, oh. Kate Sobrano, John Williamson. There was a Beatles show. There was an Abbey show. Um, John Stevens was on the boat. As oh well. my There's, god! Whew. So it was, yeah, I know it was uh, it was amazing. That so, is amazing. I got to, I got to uh, do the whole Gallipoli cruise. We we did everywhere through the Suez Canal. We we ended up at Egypt and we did the pyramids and Valley of the Kings and we went to Pompeii. We did Troy. Oh my we God. did Italy. Uh, we and then we walked the beaches of Gallipoli. It was amazing. And and were they with you all the time? All the superstars you just said. Well, when you do when you travel on six days at sea. And seeing nothing but occasionally a boat or some dolphins, uh, I ended up talking to Daryl Braithwaite, and I, uh, I said to him, "Oh, you know, you want to catch up and have a chat?" Because I'm always interested in how people sing, and mm. uh, and, and so we did, and uh, we we sat there and just talked about music, and Daryl talked about Sherbet and and the yeah. you know how the band expanded and how we got back into it. We talked about you know the horses and. Yep. Things like that. And, and one of his conversations was, um, it, you know, I said to him, I said, well, you, you know, he come and see my show. And he, he, he said, man, it was great. You know, I really enjoyed it. Yep. And he said to me, uh, I, I, I've actually never met John. He, which really put me out, oh, you know. right. Yeah. But he said, look, he's staying on my album. Um, he did backing vocals for me on a couple of songs. I went, that's, that's amazing, but you've never met him. Yeah. He was actually going to do a gig with him after the, the uh, Gallipoli cruise at um, at uh, down in down in Melbourne, mm. Willoughby. So, um, and the song was uh, in the days gone by. Yes, in the days gone by. I can't yep. sing it now, but you know, I said, oh, that's, that's awesome. So, and I'm walking back to my cabin, and the keyboard player of the band came up to me. He goes, "Oh, if you got a USB or something like that, I can download this track for you." And I went, "What track?" He said, "I didn't." Daryl say he wants he wants you to get up and sing with him. Oh, awesome. Doing the farming bit. Would you be up for it? <gasps> and, of course, I went, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you're not going to say no. No. So I ended up doing it a few times and it was fabulous. It was it was a, probably one of the highlights of my uh, my career. Absolutely. Singing with, Singing with, with Yep. He's an amazing guy. I'm still friends with him today. Oh, that is so good. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Now, just hang on two seconds. I've got to put an ad in. I'm getting so excited about all of this, and then we'll come back to it. It's just going to have a quick word from our sponsors. It's coming to me just a moment. 
Hello, happy psychic helpers. Oh yes, I see a lot in your future, lady. I see a lot in Have you future. called those other psychics only to be left feeling empty? You deserve better. Call Soul to Path Psychics and speak to someone who really cares. We believe our psychics are the best. Have a reading with one of our gifted psychics today. Call now, 1-800-886-000. Radio, thank you. That was a word from our sponsor, Soul to Path Psychics. Now, quick, let's get back to your story, Mike. So um, we haven't said yet about when you went on Australia's Got Talent. Oh, well. <laughs> I, um, Did I wake you up? No, 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 no. I, look, uh, the whole reason for me to go on that show was the, the fact to, to, you know, broaden my horizons as far as, like, people going and things like that. Like, I, you know, I, did, I, I didn't go on to win it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, you know, and that's not pulling myself down or saying I should have won it. Um, it was just the fact that I wanted to go on for the exposure more than anything. Yep. Yep, I understand that. And it, it did. I, I got exposure all over Australia. And the first the first people that rang me were people from, from Western Australia saying, oh, look, you know, we'd be interested in uh, coming over here. We'll put a band together for you. Yep. And we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll get you to come over. So that, that, that gave me an idea of uh, where I could go with it. Yeah. As far as, well, if somebody from Western Australia can ring me up and do that, why don't I try and create, why don't I try and create every state to do it? Yep, absolutely. And so were, you, from there, were you packing from it there, when you went on, though? Yeah. Were you, like, uh, really nervous? Oh, uh, yeah, but, you know, everyone always gets nervous. But I can actually tell I can actually tell a true story about Australia's got talent now. Mm. I um <clears throat> they there was one point six million people watched the first show and Shit. I was I was down there, um and I went when they did the auditions and stuff and filming, mm. I was on about seventh or eighth. Yep. Yeah. And uh I didn't expect you know, and I told everybody I was on it and uh, you know, if I watched the show, I you know, I got through, I was re- I was really so, yep. Uh, they put me on first. Oh, so yeah. You were the big and grand so, opening. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we, which was, you know, I said, oh, look, you know, we, we thought you're fabulous, so we, we put you on first. I said, oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so I made it through to the semis. Yep. Uh, but some things happened that you know, mm-hmm. just it just didn't happen for me. I, I, I. I I uh, got up at five thirty from a flight from Tamworth to Sydney, from Sydney to Melbourne. Um, it was a windy day. I, I, we got off the plane and I went there with um, with Mark Atkins, He's Mark the Ditch player. Yeah, you you remember him vaguely? Tamworth. Well, well, Mark was uh, Mark made the show as well, so we were both going down there together. So we both got off the plane, and then they lost his ditch. Oh. Terrible. So we had to wait. We had to wait in the we had to wait around in the airport till the next plane came in from Sydney. Mm. So an hour and a half later, we finally got to go to the uh, the semi final. Um, so we all got there, uh, waited around, and they come out and they said, "Oh, you know, uh, you had to do a rehearsal." So I, my my rehearsal was basically. Last, so from 5.30 till 5 o'clock, I finally got on and did the rehearsal. Yeah. And then they said, uh, oh, Mike, you're on last. So I got to sing at 10.30 at night. Oh, yes, stuff that. And and by that stage. And I, waiting around and, yep. And, and you know, everyone, anyone could juggle, could juggle, but there was nowhere to sing or. Anything, anything like that. Anyway, I uh, I come out and sang, and I I sang out a key, and uh, you know I, I couldn't tell to be honest with you, oh. and I normally don't, but I put it down to the fact that I was really tired, and mm. that's what happens when you get tired. You know, you can't you can't avoid it. Yep. And so uh, yeah, I sounded like crap, <laughs> and and people were ringing me going, "What happened?" You know, so, 
this this is the story. I you know, mm. I had to get up at four thirty, go to the airport, be at the airport at five thirty, and um, I was there all day, and it was it was really it was hard. There was nowhere I could sleep or do anything like that. So yep. by the end of it, the time I got on, I was I was knackered. Yep, absolutely. And, at least you got and, that uh, At least you were on there. At least you did all that. I think that's extraordinary. Well, I got beat by five year old. <laughs> a five-year-old could beat me. <laughs> Sorry, so it, it's just factor. the way you said it. Yeah, well, that's right. See, that's it. The you know, cute, cutesy, you know, kitty factor. But I did, I did, I did enough to, I did enough to get a lot of work out of it. Yep. And you know, I probably ended up making two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the work that I did. And that was all because of that show, so I can't really knock it back. No, absolutely. Well, and good on you. It certainly got you exposure, that's for sure. I, I've I've saw it a while ago. I just um, watched it again. I'm not not in a stalkerish way. I'm not stalking you yet. I didn't look at the time. It didn't worry me. Look, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was great because like everybody watched the show. I'd, you know, I'd go to the shop and I'd be standing at the counter, and there's these couple little kids are. Wait to get served, and one looks at the other and he nudges me. That's that boys I supposed to tell. Oh, now, fair dinkum. No, I, uh, I I started um, singing national anthems for the Knights game. Oh, and uh, you know that that was that was great, and uh, a lot of people recognised me from from the show. Yep, that I'm singing and that you know, and, they, and I remember going back to West, and there was like. Which you know, is was, um, like, listeners? That's West Tamworth Leagues Club. Yeah. No, 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 no. Damn it, I wanted to throw Tamworth in again, yeah. And uh, I'd be standing in a row of like 10 rows of people lined up at the bar and there'd be I'd be in line two and then somebody in line eight would go, hey, you're the guy who's on Australia's got talent. <laughs> like, yeah, how you going? And of course everyone turned around and look, you know. Yep. That's black. Pretty, Did uh, they buy your beer? No more than two, you'll be legless. That's right. <laughs> oh, so from there, mm. from there I... Um, I uh, Got a phone call from uh, some people who, uh, that were raising money for farmers at the time because, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of farmers. There's a lot of suicides. There's mm-hmm. over 1,400 farmers that were committing suicide every year in Australia. So Terrible. I got a phone call from uh, uh, Parramatta um, cheerleaders mm-hmm. who were putting a fundraiser on to raise money for um, for, for, for farmers, yep. you know, yep. with, with mental health. And so um, I uh, said, yeah, I'll come down and, you know, sing help. And Eric Gross, uh, the rugby league I legend, remember him, yes. He was on the show as well. Like he was playing in his band. And in I, his know, band? I'm, I'm, was he in a band? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a band. I called Eric Gross and the Gurus. Oh, there you go. And uh, I got up and sang with them as well. And at the end of the gig, um, I said to Eric, I said, you know, I'm from Tamworth, and he talked about Tamworth. I said, mate, you should come up to Tamworth. Why don't we put something together yeah. and come up and perform in Tamworth? And so we we sort of thought about it. We went, mate, do you like Credence, Clearwater Revival? And he goes, yeah, I love it. And I said, well, why don't we put a Credence show together and we'll go to Tamworth and and uh, we'll do that. And uh, that's how it kind of all come together with Eric coming up to Tamworth and performing at the festival. And it was like, Seriously, it was like a legend of rugby league was coming to Tamworth Country Music Festival. The media that, was all over me. That's what I'm thinking. Him. He he was the big tall football player for Parramatta, wasn't he? Yeah. And he's a musician. Yeah. Well, the funny story was uh, the the newspaper contacted me. They said, "Oh, look, uh, we'd like to do a story on Eric. Can you give us a bit of a background on him?" And and so I wrote a media press release, and I didn't know how many times. That he played for Australia, and mm. I couldn't get onto him, and they, they were pushing me for the story. So I wrote, you know, Eric Gross, uh, you know, four grand finals for Parramatta, uh, played for Australia thirty times, and played for, uh, you know, just an amazing career. He was the only, he was the only person to score a try in every Test match he played, in. Mm. and he was part of the nineteen eighty four Invincibles, which were the first. Australian rugby league team to go through England undefeated. Yep. And so, you know, that in itself was an amazing story. Yeah. Anyway, Eric, Eric rang me up and he goes, oh, he said, I read your 
article you wrote. I said, man, I had to write something. I didn't know what to write. He said, Mike, <laughs> my name's not Mel Meninga. I didn't play 30 tests. I played nine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, at least you put too many and not not enough. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. So then we started doing that credence show, which was uh, lots of fun. And um, we don't do it anymore because it's a bit hard for me living in Tamworth and, mm. you know, they're from Sydney. So yep. but it was good fun and we, we did it uh, every year for 10 years and we, we got a lot of work out. It was, it was great fun. I'm working with Eric. Uh, he's just a champion bloke. He's a fantastic um, singer and, and uh, guitar player. And I'd never, yeah, would, have, really great never would have guessed that. I thought I must have been... At first, I thought, "Oh yes, Eric Growth, a football player." Then, as you were going along a bit, I thought, "No, I've got the wrong person." But it's the same person, musician and yeah. great. That's bloody yeah. extraordinary. And Eric, Eric Growth, Eric Growth Junior is also uh, a guitarist and singer as well, and his his other son Daniel used to play baseball. Oh my God! Well, there you go. That's bloody unreal. Yeah. So, so you were doing. Um, you've done the John Farnham tribute show and the Credence tribute show. Now, you're also doing a meatloaf tribute show. Yeah, and look, uh, it's it's a fabulous show, and those songs are... That'd be hard. Songs are, uh, um, eight minutes and nine minutes, and they're, they're, they're very difficult songs to learn, so I took the time to to do it. We did our first show up in... up in uh, Queensland, where uh, I am? In Queensland, yeah, we did, I was in Queensland. It was the Kendred Wavell Club. Yep. And it went over fantastic. We've we've done all the filming, and we're looking at uh, touring that next year. Yep, that now I, I don't know who wouldn't like meatloaf, and but but people might not realise like it sounds so good, like with meatloaf and John Farnham, how big their voices really are, and how difficult that is to sing, and the breathing and the the everything, and that's. It's just you have to have an extraordinary voice to do that, which you have. So bloody awesome, I say. Can't wait to uh, oh, look, see Meatloaf. Yeah, well, I had to, like, once again, you know, you study how people sing and, and what tricks they use to, to do. And, and yes. it, it was difficult, but I had to change the way I sang to do Meatloaf. Like, you just have to do it. Yep. Yes. So... I'm really looking forward to next year and, and promoting that show. Absolutely. And through the then through the the credence uh, performing credence with Eric a uh, phone call one day and a fellow said, "Look, uh, we, we we do a show which is called the Credence Collective Show, and the fellow that does the show normally uh, had a mini stroke. Oh. He was he was very ill, and they had a show that they they'd already sold tickets to, and they said, "Oh, would you be interested in in performing?" Being part of that show, yeah. And at the time, I basically said, "Oh, yeah, that'd be great," knowing that I knew half the songs anyway. So yep. I had to, I had to learn all the credence stuff, and then I also had to play guitar in it as well. Which is, when we did the show with Eric, I never played guitar; I just sang. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to play guitar, learn all the parts in that. I thought I was just singing. I just said yes yeah, straight away, and yep. then it's, oh, yeah, we want you to play guitar as well. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! Okay. Got to learn that too. So, yeah, it took me four weeks to learn the 20 songs. Yep. yep. And so that show's uh, doing quite well as well. We're doing a lot of theatres. Yep. And we've put, we're put another show together, which is now, it's called uh, You're the Voice, and it's a, it's a story about uh, John Farnham, and it goes through the history of John Farnham. So that's our next big project for the Farnham show. Right. And this is the more... This was all put together prior to John getting ill. Yep, yep. And, and you know, the, which was, which is very sad, you know, for me, especially when I've always been a, a big fan. Have you uh, met him? So, yeah, you know, I, I uh, had a friend of mine, Sam Hawksley, who I used to book here in Tamworth every year. Mm-hmm. And he rang me up. He said, oh, Mike, can you give me those dates for Tamworth because I've got to go on tour for three months. Uh, so can you give me those dates now so I can lock them in because I'll be on the road all the time. And I said, oh, what are you doing? He said, oh, look, I'm doing a show which is uh, called The Main Event with uh, John Farnham, Anthony Warlow, oh. and Olivia. Oh. And I'm in, I'm in the orchestra, but I'm going across to do the acoustic 
show with uh, with John, and I just went, well, if you want me to get tickets for you, I need tickets for your show. Yes. I'll get you the gigs. He goes, yeah, yeah, no worries. So we got we went to the show, and at the end of the show, I uh, went backstage and met John, and he, he said he was very honoured that someone was doing a show. Oh, nice. Um, so it, yeah, it was great. So, we, you know, we, we got the okay from, from him and yep. Glenn Wheatley. Oh, that's bloody unreal. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you must I hope John covers and I hope that he can still sing. It's, it's fabulous. And yeah. Doing these shows lately, we've got a few shows lined up now. You know, I was a bit reluctant. Um, mm. I didn't want to think people I was just, you know, looking at a meal ticket or anything like that. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, the response, as you say, when, when you come to see the show the other week, Yep. Uh, the response to people was 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 really good. You yep. know, it was it was great. And, and as my agent said to me, look, you, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. You're, you're actually you're helping people. Yes, and it's wonderful because at them at them, it's not. You've been doing this for a long, long time. It's not you just went, oh, he's sick. Yay, I'm jumping on that. You've been doing it for a long time, and you're an awesome singer. I think it's wonderful. And I saw everybody at your show, and the. Practically the first song, everyone went boom straight to the dance floor. So I know it was it was, it was really it was really unbelievable. Yeah, it was nice. And, and a lot of good comments at the end of the show saying, you know, thank you for sharing our love and uh, the music of John Fong. Yeah, so, yep, I, yeah, good. good on you. I say, right, I'm going to do a little quick segment. I was looking for my um, glasses then, and they're on my forehead. Okay. My dad used to do that all the time, go, where's my bloody glasses? And I'd go, uh, they're on your forehead and think you're bloody silly duffer and now I'm doing it. Now I've forgotten. What what was I going to do, Mike? I know. Suggestion time. This is just a quick little something. <laughs> just a quickie. Damn it. That's just a quickie. These buttons. Hey, wrong one. Gather round the campfire. It's suggestion time. Okay, now this is just a little segment I have uh, and it's called Suggestion because I'm not telling anyone what to do. It's just a very quick little suggestion and I can't find it. Have you got any little quick nice suggestions, Mike? <laughs> no, I found it. Now, if, you, if anyone out there, any of the listeners, if you see any sort of animal abuse, neglect, cruelty, anything like that, please speak up, call the authorities Help the animals and be their voice and encourage others to do this as well. So please be the voice of animals. Thank you. That was suggestion time. Right. Now back into it, Mike. So you've been on, you're still doing all your your shows. I think I saw you doing a show called The Three Johns as well. John Farnham, John Fogarty. Is it Fogarty? Fogarty? How do you pronounce that? John Farnham, John Fogarty and John Coogie, yeah. Yep. So you did that too. Do you ever sleep? No. <laughs> yep, I'll say there's there's so much but that you do. I think that's awesome. Good on you. Now, how if people want to find out um, about your shows or contact you or talk to you or anything like that, what's the best way that they can do that? Uh, probably probably through my might be management page. Mm-hmm. Uh, through my Facebook page. Yep. Might be. Yep. Through, uh, through encouraging, you know, I always enjoy other people singing, but no, I, I do. I've, I've just, I'm not, I'm not that type of, you know, jealous person. Or I'm better than or anything like that. Yeah. I, like, I love other people. I love helping other people, you know, start their careers. And yep. I've done quite a few people over the years, and and so I started might be management, which was different to the agency. Right. Um, being involved with events. Country Music Festival, I've been booking for the last 15 years. Right. I've booked every person that's known in country music. And Only that's in Tamworth listeners, yeehaw! That's right. Yep. And so I have helped people achieve what they want to achieve. Yep. And through, and through my background in music and theatre, I've encouraged people to, to you know, work out what they do and what song suits them and how to engage an audience and yep. all that kind of stuff. So that's why we do micro management. And I've, I've been also involved in a lot of charity events and oh. helping people raise money for different things. Yep, good on it's, you. 
Yeah. That's so good and you're, you're giving back and plus you have such an extraordinary voice and such a drive and and everything that you do. It's it's not it's not easy, all the rehearsals and everything that you have to do. So bloody bloody good on you, I say. Awesome. Thank you, Nana. <laughs> Sounded like you were possessed then. <laughs> now, have you got any little surprises there for us? Or will I do a little seg- another little segment first? It's called Just a Quickie and I'm going to shoot random questions at you. And they're so dumb. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm doing the whole show talking to you naked. <laughs> do you realise we're still on air? <laughs> I know, I'm only joking. <laughs> well, I was going to say, hang on a minute. A surprise, I thought I'd chuck that at you. Oh, thank you. I nearly fell off my chair. And I was trying to to get my phone to go to FaceTime instead of just audio. (laughs) Uh, So, listeners, if the phone suddenly, if it it cuts out now, you know I'm trying to ring FaceTime. Just just to check (laughs) to see if he's telling the truth. It's just, you know, for investigation purposes. (laughs) (sighs) What was I talking about? All right, okay. Now it is, funnily saying that, this little segment's called Just a Quickie. I think you're already ready for it. Okay. <laughs> Just a quickie. Just some little random questions for you, Mike V. Now, okay. are you wearing clothes? Yes, I am. I'm okay. Do you watch Bold and the Beautiful ever, if you had time, because you're so busy? Would you ever watch it? No. Okay. Everyone says no. Okay. Now, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, look. I'd love to be able to cure people of cancer. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful, especially, well, you know why especially. Thank you. That is just beautiful. Oh, uh, what's your passion? My passion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> music. Yeah, thought so. My passion is music. My love of music is, is I've, I've, you know, COVID hit and I went through depression because of it. And oh, yeah. Going and seeing a counsellor, and she asked me, "Oh, what you know? What do you do?" And I said, "I sing, I play music, I book music, I manage other acts, I organise events, and every time I hear Karen Carpenter sing, I cry." Oh, yeah. Because I just think she's singing forever. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Because I'm wrong with you. I said, "What's that?" She said, "I miss music." Yep. You miss me. Yep. <laughs> Isn't yep, uh, yep, I totally understand that because it was your whole world and then you had none of it, so of course it would make you depressed. And uh, you know, I've done, I've done lots of things for free, you know, it's all about just I love singing, so yep, and music's your passion, cool. Now, who's your favorite singer? I've got a couple, but oh, you know, John Farms is right there, he's the number one, yeah, cool, cool. My second, Thing is, uh, believe it or not, is Ronnie James Dio. I don't know who that is. Well, you need to do some homework. Ronnie James Dio was. <laughs> He's not me. Uh, hey, I've got a, a bloody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, it won't stop. It's stuck. There we go. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> What's his name? Ronnie James Dio was in a band with Richie Blackmore called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Right. Richie Blackmore, of course, was the guitarist of Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And then Ronnie James Dio took over where Ozzy Osbourne left off and was the lead singer in Black Sabbath. Right. See, how am I going to know all this? I like John Denver. Then he had his own band called Dio. Right. Okay. Yeah, one of the most operatic rock singers you'll ever hear. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. Oh, okay. But they're my, they're my two, oh, well, my number three. Singer that I always used to love when I was, you know, growing up and listening to music was, was Robert Plant. Oh, yes. See, I know him. Well, I'd want to know they're him. They're my favourite singer. Well, they're right. Okay. Now, have you ever seen a ghost? You say goat? <laughs> so, yeah, no. <laughs> ghost. Oh, I've lost it. Well, I only just stopped, Mr. <laughs> I'm snorting. Don't tell the goat joke, please. <laughs> oh, I'm nearly snorting. Now I can't see my paper. Okay, we're going to move on from that one. <laughs> just in time. Um, no, that's all. So that was our uh, Just a Quickie segment. 
<coughs> I'm nearly choking. Oh. All right, now I want to say a big, big thank you for you for joining us on Alana's Because I Can and telling us all about your career. It is extraordinary and amazing. And listeners, if you ever, ever get the chance to hear Mike V sing and to go to any of his shows, please do. I 120,000% recommend going to watch any of his shows. Now, is there anything else you want to – oh, hey, I want to ask you, has anything funny that comes to mind ever happened on stage or anything that was a bit awkward or went really horribly wrong? Well. Well? There's always little things that happen that go wrong. Like uh, probably my most – one of my most memorable ones is uh, we were doing a gig at South Sydney Juniors. It was a full house, and I come out on stage to do my show, and I look down, and my shoelace is undone. Oh shit! <laughs> and so I'm thinking to myself while I'm singing, "How am I going to fix that? Because if I don't fix it, I'll fall over on it, and I'll trip over." <laughs> yep. So when the keyboard solo came up for Age of Reason, I ran out, did my shoelace up, and come back. <laughs> Never missed a beat. Oh, good on you! But the other, the other, the other funny thing was when you do theatre, everything happens at the same time every night you do it. Yep. There was two. When I was doing Secret Garden, there, like I was in a room with like four or five guys, and you know, certain times you come out, and then when it, when you weren't on, you were getting ready for the next section. And every time I did this first part, a guy used to walk. I'd go in, I'd change, and then a guy walk in like thirty seconds behind me every time. Yep. So we'd been about through the show about five or six times. Everything was just casual. It was good. Everyone was relaxed. And it, was, it was good. And gone back thinking that I'm doing the next part and all of a sudden there was no guy that walked through the door. Oh. And then I realised, shit. Oh. I'm in the wrong part. So I had to do a really quick change. Sprint around to the table where all the um, – things that you used were in the next section, like a candle holder or whatever. Yeah, props. Sprint across to the other side of the room, to the back, sprinting through past everyone at the backstage, <laughs> going around to the side of the stage, and just as the song started, it was a three-part harmony with another guy and a girl, and I, and I ran as fast as what I could, <laughs> and I had to, when I got on stage, I had to be walking. Oh, and not puffed. Yeah, and so I made it to the three-part harmony thing. <laughs> at the end of the show, the director said, uh, how come you weren't wearing the smoking cigar jacket with the, with the cloth on in that section? What happened? Oh. <laughs> he picked it up. He picked it up that I'd had the wrong. Yep. Jeez, he's onto it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't funny, but it was like nearly... Yeah, well, you would have been bloody puffed getting onto the stage like that. After I would have been panicking too, and then you have to get in there and do a beautiful three-part harmony without yeah, without puffing, sprinting to walking <laughs> in one step <laughs> to, to being calm. Oh, there's lots of things, but I can't tell. Them. Oh, that is that for a nighttime episode? It's a nighttime now That's... for us. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the after dark segment of um, naughty, funny stories that happened, perhaps. Mm. Oh, they were corny. Are you yawning? They were... No, they were corny. <laughs> oh, corny, right? Yeah, I thought you were yawning. I was going to put bloody hell. All righty, now. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Your son is in a band, if you want to tell everyone. Yeah, uh, my son Jesse's uh, in a band called Hurricane Paul, F-A-W-L. Yep, brilliant. They're playing playing at CMC um, this weekend. At where? At CMC. Oh, wow. Fantastic. That's Hurricane Paul, people. This is an amazing up-and-coming band and your son's in the band. We're going to have him on the podcast, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, my daughter Amy, Amy V, is uh, is who we were talking about off air that worked with John English for a few years yep. in the in the rock show. Yep, uh, she she's a singer songwriter in her own right. She's she's performed overseas and wow. she's a fabulous singer songwriter. So and a beautiful voice. Yep, 
say so myself. Yeah, but, well, <coughs> of course. Well, good on you that that you have such talented kids too, and that they're doing. You know, they've followed your passion as well. That's bloody amazing. And John English, I love John English. How awesome is that that she was working with him? Beautiful. That's yep. lovely. He was. Yep. We go in his house and he cooked the barbecue for us. How good's that? Oh, really? That's oh that you even knew him. I just think he's extraordinary. And I, and I was saying to you off air too because I didn't know about your daughter, um, you know, working with John English at all. But I had a John English moment yesterday that I just could not stop thinking of him randomly, just over and over. And, and then I got in my car and John English was on the radio and his voice is just amazing. There's just There was always something about him, what an extraordinary singer and person. And and the fact that you knew him, I'm in awe of that That's and, and that your daughter was working with him. Amazing. So we'll, we'll yeah. get, get them on the podcast as well and have a good old yap. So That'd be lovely. Yeah, that's something to look forward to, listeners. We'll keep you updated on that and, and we'll get them on the podcast as well. I could bloody yap here all night to you. But we better Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for your time and your stories and your wonderfulness. And as I said, listeners, if you ever get the chance to hear Mike B sing anywhere for anything, go along. I totally recommend it. You have an extraordinary voice and talent and presence and you're such an entertainer and you're funny as I nearly swore then. Funny as Yep. Oh shut up. Just it was so good watching your show and oh, thank you. laughing. They were? That was great to catch up with you. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to see you too and it was just just such a good show. And at some parts of it I was in fits of laughter, especially about your explanation of um, Tamworth uh, starting line dancing and why about the cow pats in the paddock and jumping <laughs> over them and sidestepping them and then checking your shoes all the while while you were kind of line dancing. <laughs> I love that explanation. So... Great show and good on you. You have such a presence and you're, you're a natural entertainer and singer. Awesome. Oh, mate, I, I just love it and I hope people enjoy it when I do it. That's, that's mine. Yep, you can. That's, my, that's what I enjoy doing. So. Yep, you can see. You, you can actually, I can absolutely tell that you do love it and that's such a big part of what makes the show so wonderful as well. So congratulations on all that you do. You're bloody awesome. So Thanks thank you. And if anyone wants to find out where Mike is playing, anywhere you look up Mike B Management on Facebook. So we'll talk again real soon and we will have Mike's daughter and son as guests on the podcast very soon. Thank you so, so much, Mike B. Thanks, Lana. Take care. You too. For all info, go to www.alanafitzgerald.com.au. I've been a few too many W's there. Anyway, thanks for listening to Alana's Because I Can podcast.